Numb Bills Fan Podcast for August 31st, 2016. It's me, Dave. Find me on Twitter, at Numb Bills Fan. And your co-host, Adam Deacon. Find me on Twitter, Numb Bills, Adam D. That's me. What is going on? After this podcast is over, you will thank us for making the fourth preseason game, even if you're catching this after the fourth preseason game. Very interesting. And really, let's be real. We are brought to you by numbillsfan.com. That's where you can find us. All of our back episodes, our current episodes, all the content we do, it's right there. Now, the Bills the Bills had roster cuts this week. And we talked pretty in-depth about that on our Facebook Live show we did earlier tonight on the Bills Fanatics Network. And you can check that out on Facebook um, the page is Bills Fanatics BF, or, you know, obviously we'll have a link up to that on our Facebook page. Go over there, click a like. Um, and, you know, we could sit here and we could go over all these cuts. You know, we moved all of our injured guys, you know, either onto waivers or onto, onto the pup list or whatever. The big names that got cut, Greg Little, didn't really expect him to be the first guy cut, but okay, he's gone. Eric Stryker, the linebacker, kind of expected him to maybe grab a, a low spot on the depth chart. He's gone. But we're not going to sit here and focus on on who's not going to be playing for the Bills. Because, I mean, honestly, who gives a shit? I haven't even, I haven't even seen some of these guys whose names popped up. Austin Trainer, they, the, they signed the young quarterback. He, he, what, showed up for a practice? And then, ah, well, all right, Cardell's shoulder's okay. <laughs> See you, dude. All right, so if you want more on the Bills cuts, make sure you go check out our Facebook Live video. Yeah, we cut pretty deep with it. Another thing I want to make sure you check out is punchdrunksports.com. We are going to be joining those guys over there as they they bring out a a sports network. We're going to be their Buffalo Bills podcast moving forward, and we couldn't be more excited to be working with these guys. If you've never heard the Punch Drunk Sports podcast, holy shit, you're missing out. It's a general sports podcast. They talk about baseball, football, Uf- UFC. They, they had a great episode about UFC 202. Go check it out. You'll laugh your ass off. Andrew Dice Clay calls in there. You got, I mean... You got guys like Ari Shafir, one of the best comics in the world currently, and he he ends up he's on this podcast with another great comedian, big fan of I'm a big fan of Sam Tripoli and also another guy, Jason Tebow. And and they all have a great dynamic. They all bust balls really hard. And at the same time, it's cool because they're such they're 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 friends and and you get to see it uh like you do with us when sam asked us about this we were like hell yeah sign us up because we're 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 they're like family there was a podcast group of podcasts we grew up or, or came up getting into podcasts it was these guys that were part of death squad podcast network and you know joe rogan and all sorts of guys so it's like positive vibes across the way with a little bit of life mixed in there with sports. And it's incredible because it's just true. It's raw. If you like us, you're missing out because they do a hell of a job. And you have guys who are touring world-class comedians here. And they actually know what the hell they're talking about. Pretty damn dope. Punchdrunksports.com. Punchdrunk. At Punchdrunk on Twitter. Also, do not forget, as he mentioned, Bill's Fanatics. Check out Bills Fanatics. Everything is streamlined, very beautiful and simple, and great information. And All the Bills news you need at your fingertips. 
And if you need any play breakdowns, really, CoverOne.net is your one-stop shop. Eric Turner is my dude. He's a guy We can't stress go, that enough. We go, who the hell is this guy? I don't know who this is. Oh, he's this guy who plays well in this, and look at him here. Here's some tape of him. Within two minutes, he's giving me the deeds. So he's my go-to. No hmm. more, you know... I'm saving so much time getting all my X's and O's from Eric, and he breaks it down in a way that you can understand it with film. All twenty. He even breaks it down in a way where you can understand it. Uh huh. And I don't. Really, I just figured out how to fold toilet paper. Go figure. No shit. So the Bills made some cuts. We weren't really too shocked, and honestly. You know, the Greg Little one was a big shocker. Move guys it around. It wasn't a it's huge shocker, but I mean, I thought... Really? I thought he the, was solid. Again, the only thing that shocked me about it was he was the first man cut. Were they throwing him a bone? Maybe. Maybe. I mean, he did okay. He did all right. But Walt Powell is being the dual threat, holding it down on the receiver position and killing it in special teams. Greg Salas is a guy that the staff, the coaching staff likes a ton. I don't know, man. Well, I guess we'll see how it will play out. But Greg Little, he's he's gone. I guess we'll figure out these last couple cuts moving forward here. Got a game coming up. Preseason week four, we got Bills and Lions. Um, and let's, let's be honest, I'm not going to do my damn homework. Do I ever do my damn homework? No, I'm, I'm going to be like the Pawn Stars guy. Oh, it's a nice Detroit Lions you got there. But uh, let me let me get my buddy, the the Lions expert in. So on the line with us, we have the editor, the writer, the host at prideddetroit.com. He does their podcast. Chris Lemieux, what's going on, brother? Not much going on here. Uh, just another chill night here in Toledo, Ohio, where I'm living. And, uh, just, yeah, getting really hyped for a preseason game four. Mostly hyped is because I... Probably I'm going to be watching more college football than this game, but you know, got to do what you got to do. It's it's that life, and just thankfully, mercifully, this preseason doesn't go on much longer. Can you believe the Bills are playing the Lions again? I mean, week four. Well, wow. it's, it's I mean, like it's like every year. It's like every year, isn't it? Like how how long has this thing gone on? It's kind of like it's not like a rivalry because we're not actually playing for anything that matters. But they're not exactly friends either. Because but. There's enough proximity. It's like rival friends or, or frenemies or, or or just like rivals with benefits. <laughs> oh, hey, look, man. we have an agreement here. We're not going to crush you guys. You guys don't crush us. And Ralph Wilson, the founder of the Bills, he was from Detroit. So, and and that stretch, and you know, we both go up to. We both go up to Ontario to get alcohol when we're 19. This is true. In in hey. Ontario, for me, it ruined the strip clubs going to Sundowners because I thought in Rochester that... I've heard uh, of Sundowners. Uh-huh. Of course you have. So have I. <laughs> yeah. And it's legendary. Things. I used to listen to... So there used to be some guys on TSN, Jay Onright, Dan O'Toole. I think it was Fox Sports 1 now, but... They uh, they used to do a podcast with TSN, so I'm, I'm which is like their ESPN, and uh, they they always talk about that place too. For us, for Detroit <laughs> people, it's Windsor, well, it's Windsor, I mean, Ontario. I couldn't. Re- oh, we lost you. No, no, I'm here. I'm here. Hello. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, we're we're good. All right, so. No, I, I thought you were about to talk. Oh, this oh, is great. Oh, of course. I mean, I, I fuck everything <laughs> up. But no, it, it, it's one of those places that it's a legend because for me, when I was 19, took a little road trip with a couple friends, and uh, it was the first strip club I ever went to, and it set the bar so high, and I was like, okay, well, you know, she knows she might not want to do that, so she's not going to go up there. And it's like, whoa, 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 I thought you were just like a patron. You know, okay, you got some guts. I'm proud of you. Like, that's cool, you know. But up at Sundowners, <laughs> it just set the bar so high for expectations. It was like that, like, teenager dream. Like, well, I, I want to I cover my bases here. I am unlike you. I am a wholesome, clean individual. I am not on any watch list for being a suspected communist or a, <laughs> or a freak or a, or a deviant of any kind. I am clean as a whistle. No comment. We believe you. Everything we are talking about is completely 
completely 100% hypothetical. I did not go up to Windsor to just get smashed on vodka when I was 19. I did not go to one of those all-new strip clubs where you can still actually serve beer in, in, in there. Nope, not at all. Not at all. I don't know who Our Lady Peace is. None of that. I don't know who what the champagne <laughs> room is either. I'm American. <laughs> Good boy. Good so, Catholic boy. What is, the, the Bills and the Lions are each one and two. All right, who's going to come out of this battle for, uh, you know? <laughs> I mean, for, the, for preseason, for preseason, middle of the pack record, I can guess. Can they just play I don't want to be a preseason champion, man. Yeah, well, everyone should play in bubble wrap. We should no. You know what we should do instead of the bubble wrap? We should get those those. It's those. You know those big giant balls. They're like inflatable balls that you tuck people inside them now, and it's like they play they play oh, like soccer yeah, yeah, with those yeah. things now. Human balls. Like we should just do that. We should just send like you know Jace Billingsley or whoever your like scrappy white wide receiver is. Just put them out there in giant saying, inflatable balls and have them roll around. Man. He he just signed with New England. His name is Chris Hogan. Oh, okay. <laughs> that was our scrappy lacrosse player. Oh, God. yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Here's the thing, though: is I don't know if the NFL would like that because of concussion protocol. So. <laughs> oh, that's know. right. I guess you can get concussed mm-hmm. doing that stuff. It's quite the engineering. Yeah, no, I mean preseason yeah, week definitely. four. We're going in with, with golf scoring at this point. Every time someone gets injured, you you get a point, and you're trying to get out of there with the lowest score possible. So At least if you're oh, the yeah, Buffalo sure, Bills. Absolutely. What do you... We don't have defensive starters anymore. Look, man, you just got to shoot a birdie. You just got to shoot a birdie. That's all you got to do. Uh, that's what I'm saying. You got to really look, like think in, in, in game four, you know, typically... In the off season, we're like, where's football? I even used to find myself when I was overpaying for satellite TV, watching, just flat out watching CFL, just cause. And well, I, it's funny you say that because everyone at Pride of Detroit gives me crap because I like football so much. I will watch arena football. I will watch CFL. I will know what teams are going to the Great Cup. And they all think I am like some weird deviant. And all I can say to them is, I ain't the one watching baseball in July. Right. Exactly. Like, no. Why? Why would you? You know, so just, it, I don't know what to think about week four, but the Buffalo Bills drafted Cardale Jones out of the Ohio State, and he's was almost not going to play the game, but now he is playing. So we get to watch yeah, Cardale like, Jones. I, I, yeah, like actually, I'm I'm curious to see Cardale Jones because I love I love a character like that who just like I I mean I follow him I do a college football podcast on the side I follow him all throughout there you know we ain't come to play school everything like that he excites me just as a weird uh, just as a weird character to kind of follow but he's almost a little too much of a character to really get into this culture of squares we have at the NFL when it comes to front offices and all I that think stuff. That's, I think and, that's what's cool about the Bills. I think they're not as much of a square anymore. Well, I mean, your, your fans all, like, throw each other through tables like it's, like, TLC out there under the Dudley <laughs> boy. So there's, there's that. There's that. I, there think, I think that definitely that. helps. <laughs> we try to find positivity in any which way we can. If no, that means... I, you know what? I, I find that admirable. I find that admirable. You know, this league can take its toll on you because there's it's not a league with a lot of parity, even though the NFL likes to say it. Like, there is still, of the major sports in North America, like, this league still has the least amount of Super Bowl winners, like, across all their teams. There are some teams who are just languished in eternity in just awfulness. The Bills got there. I mean, you guys had that trauma of getting there like four times and just everything going against you every time. And it's like, at some point, like, there, there's, there's several ways to handle it. You've got to handle it with, like, a little bit of grace and humor that not many people can, can really handle it with. And right. I think the Bills have handled that. Or you could go the way of Cleveland, who just, they take an insipid amount of pride in how bad they are and about how they're toughing it out and they will be rewarded. It's almost like, you know, it's kind of that release. They finally had that release with the Cleveland Cavaliers. I actually was in Cleveland for that rally. That was insane. That's awesome. But, um, 
yeah, I, I was in the middle of all of that. I was given way too many party favors. Uh, we saw an old man pass out after hitting hitting the cush uh, because he had eaten <laughs> nothing. This guy was like near, damn near 80, and we were just handing him the roach. But uh, <laughs> it was... <laughs> <laughs> but of course, and of course, there's cops like 12 feet from us, and they can't do anything. It was like that. That city almost shut down for them. You would, but then there's Detroit. I'm sorry, go on. No, like, like, no, that's what I'm saying. Like, then there's Detroit. So, like, how does that compare to like Cleveland? How does that compare to you know? Well, like, I, I will say what's this: what's the feel kind of, of your fans? Always, you know what I'm saying? Like, we like how we kind of feel. wonder at Pride Detroit what will happen if the Lions ever win a Super Bowl. And um, I, my theory is that we have this thing in Detroit, in Detroit called, uh, oh, God, what's it called? Um, Nine Rouge, which is kind of like it's, it's the devil's night. I forget the exact date, but it's basically people go around and start, like, burning down buildings for no, for no reason other than chaos. No I'm kind way. of expecting an early onset of that. Uh, that said, though, until then, there is a bit of neurosis when it comes to Lions fans. Like, I think I said this on uh, when I was I was reading some just terrifying <laughs> remarks we had had in our like comments about quarterbacks to get because the usual backup Dan Orlovsky has been kind of bad again this year, and people are tired of him. This is the same Dan Orlovsky that ran out of the back of the end zone to cause a safety in like 2010 or so. Uh, the same thing that Cody Kessler just did this preseason, but like this, this kind of losing is has kind of short circuited the brains of a lot of people, and it's just it's not it's it's it's, in, it's invoked the Freudian death drive at times, and what I mean by that is like for some people I know it's in their hearts they want to be good, but they're trying to make their suggestions to make the team better are just bad, bad in ways that would make his team even worse. Like I had a guy on a Facebook Live the other night who uh, his his idea to make the team better was to trade Matt Stafford to Dallas and start third-string quarterback Jake, Jake Rudock out of the University of Michigan, rookie third-string quarterback right now. And we're not even sure he's going to make the team. You will probably see him tomorrow on Thursday. You will see plenty of him. You will see how he cannot throw the ball downfield at all, but he is from Michigan, and thus he will be the savior. He was taking the same round as Tom Brady. It's, it's like it's an investment in magical thinking. I'm not saying all Lions fans are like this. There's many chill Lions fans, but some of them are just so disgusted by the way this team goes sometimes that just veers on just so much self-loathing and self-destruction that I just... I kind of get worried about it sometimes. I really do. Like every Lions fan I've met on the street has just wanted to stop and tell me how much they hate that this team wasted Calvin Johnson's years. And I just keep thinking to myself, you know what? I got to watch Calvin Johnson play. I don't really think that's a waste, but you know, you were kind of, we, that's the same thing they talked about with Barry Sanders in the nineties. So it's no, kind yeah, of was just about grand in there. I was going to say that's the Barry Sanders. Yeah. yeah. Song. Like everyone brings it up. Everyone brings it up and it just, it drives you insane. It drives you insane. And it just makes you point at, at ghosts, hoping that sooner or later you will just shoot something in the dark and it will be the right thing to hit. You want to know something? Like, I, I just, I don't know if I've ever said this on the podcast, but frankly, I, I, I love the guys. I wish they would, any one of them who would want to come on our podcast, always welcome. But, like, I am fucking sick of hearing about the 90s fucking Bills. I'm sick of hearing, oh, so-and-so <laughs> showed up to practice, and he really gave so-and-so a pointer. Like, do you think they're really going to tell you these Hall of Famers, like Bruce and – or not Bruce, he, he isn't around much, but like Thurman Thomas and Jim Collier, do you think they're really going to tell you what they told the quarterbacks and what they told the running yeah, backs? And, of like, course, they showed up. It's like, dude, I don't want to hear about it. I wish there was a guy that could come by from when, oh, we made it to the championship game eight years ago at, uh, you know, yeah, we all I, love. You know what I'm saying? Like a yeah, Dolphins like I, I know there was that there, that kind of uh, structure was kind of there for a few years. Kind of still is there, not with the Lions, but with the Detroit Tigers, who still worship the '84 World Series team as gods. And you know, we keep giving jobs to Alan Trammell, even though he's awful, and we keep get, putting like uh, j- uh, I, I don't remember many Lions guys on the top of my head, but it's kind of that kind of thing. But I'm sure every team, in a way, if you have a championship team and then have bad years since, you kind of it's kind of a sports thing. You end up like worshiping that team for years and years and years. Like 
like the the Braves. When I lived down in Georgia, the Braves were very guilty of that worshiping that '90s team. You know, right. uh, those pitchers down yeah. there. Like it's just it's it's something. It, it's like a lifeboat you cling to almost. Yeah, I yeah. mean, it, like you got your Greg Maddox there. You know, <laughs> it's like yeah, Glavin Maddox smokes. Yeah, like uh, it all was, those guys. They, they should have won the championship as many times as they said the Yankees are going to win the championship. You know what I mean? Like they. Yeah, they, they yeah. were always deep, you know, always deep. Best pitching in the league back then, you know, when it was a hitter. Right, league. and I kind of see that same thing happening with you guys, with the Bills. Like, as you're saying there, it's like bringing those teams from the 90s, and it's like, like yeah, that's when you, when is that your, like, one shining moment? Well, you, you, you that's kind of what you do, yeah. but for – what were you gonna say? Go on, go on. I was gonna say it kind of it kind of blows for the players we got here now that they're living in that shadow of that '90s team because oh, this oh, fan base absolutely. acts like these players owe them something at this point because they came so close and then had 16 shit years <laughs> in a row and they just can't get away from it. Yeah. And, 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 oh, absolutely, absolutely. It's Those always shadows linger over you. It's it, it, it's a mythology bigger than you can ever demand a mortal man to live up to. And I, I mean, it's if I had a nickel, for the Lions, those fifty, those championships in the fifties are so far in the rearview mirror. There's nothing to really cling to. So I guess there's that. Right. And if I had a nickel for every time I've heard, oh, Tyrod Taylor's the best since Jim Kelly, or you know, Sammy Watkins is going to be the next Andre Reid. <laughs> I mean, we could all head up to one of those Canadian joints we were talking about earlier. If I had a nickel for all, the, yeah, hey, for all hey, the, for all you know, I, I hope Sammy Watkins goes that way. I've gotten my fantasy team this year. I oh, hope so. Nice, I did nice that. Pick. I did that thing. I, I'm not supposed to talk about my fantasy teams. It's okay. Talk That's about a, whatever you want. All we talk about on our podcast is Madden half the time. We <laughs> we sign we sign a guy like we don't look at his measurables. We look at his overall rating on Madden. We don't give a shit. Yeah, I mean, we, we yeah yeah like. I, I was doing some. I do some draft analysis stuff now. I was doing it with my friend Alex Reno. We did our mock drafts last year, and it came around to like talking about Ashawn Robinson, who the Lions ended up drafting in the second round. I think I just wrote like fifty times over and over. I cannot believe Ashawn Robinson is twenty years old. I cannot believe Ashawn Robinson is twenty years old. The kid looks like just a Goliath. We we found this wow. baby picture, and I said the dude did not skip leg day in the <laughs> womb. Like his the, dad the, had him doing I, squats you, you and lunges see, across the room as a baby. Just he, he just looks big. He looks big, 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 big. Like you see those all those Alabama guys. He look looks big, like but, Carlos like, Williams. You, oh, that's fucked yeah. Up, you will man. see. You will see. I think you will see some of Ashawn Robinson uh, Thursday, which is like okay. That's that's great. I don't think Ashawn Robinson is end up going to start on the defensive line this year for the Lions, but. He will eventually be a starter, which is fantastic because, like, I love freaks of nature when it comes to the NFL, and far too often we find ways to talk ourselves out of freaks of nature when it comes to the NFL, right? Like, you find a guy who, like, runs a fantastic 40-time, unbelievable, and what's the only thing? It's like, well, his technical skills aren't that good. Oh, he catches passes with his body. It's like, you've got a guy here who can run like a jackrabbit, and you're just basically poo-pooing it. Like, I don't understand you. Well, I mean, we got Marquise Goodwin, and our only concern is he he gets injured every time he gets tackled. That, that, I mean, that's not <laughs> yeah, nice to say, yeah. but it really it really feels like that after... Yeah, I'm gonna. Three years, I'm but, an apologist, and I'm like, yeah, no, no, no. He had a fat lineman fall on I him mean, after the play. Yo, he did have a fat lineman fall on him. Yeah, and he he, he was out. But I, I I feel you. It's like these players. It's like who are the guys to watch? I mean, I I don't think he's going to be playing. Because I technically think he's a starter. Is you know you're in Ohio State. You know about Ohio State. Adolphus Washington has impressed the coaches right out the gate. So mm-hmm. and. Right, and we got Marcel Darius suspended, so he's getting a lot of opportunity. Um, but, but I mean, tell us a little bit about about who to watch for on the Lions. You know, the rosters are cut down to seventy five guys now. Are there any interesting position battles or like r- bubble guys that that you know we should we should watch for during this game? Well, I, I'm going to leave the tight ends to speak for a little later because that's just a whole bag of terror right there. I would say the two places Ooh. the Lions are probably the deepest and what we'll probably see the biggest battles are going to be technically three places. Technically, no, I'm going to give you three places. I'm going to give you 
defensive tackles, because I think there is, let me read here, three, six, there are eight defensive tackles still on the roster. And <laughs> eight of them, eight of them. I don't know how you're going to solve this, too, because Kyrie Thornton's looked good. Stephon Charles, who I think used to play with you guys. Oh, yeah, we, we really like Stephon Charles. Yeah, no, we he showed a lot yeah, of promise. What do you think? Yeah, he, what do you he's think battling. He's battling for a roster spot. He's battling for a roster spot. So you'll see a little of him. Uh, Gabe Wright, who's who looked like a draft bust, but everyone's kind of giving him one more year to see what happens with him. So I think the, the defensive line is going to be a strength of the Lions this year. But you won't see too many of the starters like Alodi Nada or Tyron Walker, but we'll see guys kind of battling because, like, okay, Ashawn Robinson is guaranteed a spot, but there's probably like two, three more. There's probably like two more spots on the roster for extra defensive tackles. And there is probably, let's see here, four, there are about four or five guys there all battling for those two spots. So it'll be interesting to see that. Uh, the second place is going to be wide receivers. And, like, yeah, they lost Calvin Johnson. They lost Calvin Johnson, lost Calvin Johnson. Uh, and, like, yeah, the top three receivers are probably set, Jones, Tate, and Anquan Bull in the slot. But you're going to see some of the second-string guys are really battling. They just got rid of Corey Fuller from the pop or whatever. No, that was a while ago. Quinshaw Davis was just cut. Uh, Jay Lee looked to be like a steal on the undrafted free agent market, but he's been incredibly quiet since camp, so I don't know what's going on with him. Probably looked great uh, in Andre shorts, Ro- one of those. Yeah, yeah. Andre Roberts is uh, another guy to look out for. T.J. Jones has been on the roster for a few years, but is kind of sliding into why-are-you-here territory. Mm-hmm. And then there's Jace Billingsley, who we at Pride of Detroit have kind of have a love affair with Jace Billingsley. And we're trying not to fall into the trope of that he's a white wide receiver or anything like that, you know, scrappy fighter, any of that stuff. But he's from a little town in North Nevada called Winnemucca. And ever since the Lions signed him as an undrafted free agent, we have had this influx of, like, traffic from Winnemucca, Nevada, following along with Jace Billingsley, to the point where my managing editor, Jeremy Reisman, actually, like, talked to a bunch of them. This is a small town of only about, like, 7,000 people. Like, there are people out there who have gone to high schools bigger than the town of Winnemucca. Oh, wow. And it kind of reminds me, it kind of reminds me, since we were talking about Canada earlier, it kind of reminds me of the really small Canadian towns like they have one of their like sons become a hockey player and either major juniors or even like the NHL itself. And they're just all following along with him. He's like worshiping them as a God. Everything. It's kind of like that. Like Jace Billingsley had some good showing on the first preseason game against the Pittsburgh Steelers. One of my favorite moves. I think you probably find it somewhere. He got a, He took the reception from like two yards ahead of the line of scrimmage from third-string quarterback Jake Rudock. He jukes once and makes three Steelers defenders run into each other. Wow. He starts running down the field. This was from about, like, the 38 or so. He jukes again, makes another guy flip over, and, and another guy miss. And then just, like, as he's getting hit, tucks the ball and dives into the end zone. Like, it was, it was probably my favorite play of the preseason. So, and we're all rooting for him. We're all rooting for him to make it because it's like – it's it's a special relationship we have here at Pride of Detroit with the people of Winnemucca, and I just love plays like that. Like so, plays like that just make me giddy. So, what is this guy? Where where is he on the depth chart? He is way down there. He is. Um, I'm trying to pull up there. I, I have up our like rosters here, but he's like way down there, probably near the bottom, but. He's been taking some snaps with second team as well, so we'll have to see what happens with him. He had a bad drop uh, last week, though, so we'll have to see where he ends up going. It's a very tight race. The only reason I bring up wide receivers is that of those guys I was talking about, none of them have distinguished themselves enough to say this guy is the clear leader. There's no one like that. And in in the same way, there's also that way with um, the running backs, although I think at this point, there's going to probably be four running backs. Theo Riddick, Amir Abdullah, probably not going to play. Um, so it's up. It's a question of like Zach Zenner, who was a preseason darling last year before he got hurt, and this new guy Dwayne Washington, who has some uh, special teams chops. So I would say those are your three places to look. I would say no matter what happens, though, don't look at quarterbacks because like if don't engage with Detroit Lions fans at all about Jake Rudock because <laughs> you will either run into a like. 
Okay, so we, we need to talk about Jake Rudock. And I, head again, it, head it. the Rudock uh, fans are going to come rant. at me. Well, the, the Rudock fans are going to come at me, but I think Pride Detroit has made its editorial stance per- perfectly clear. We just like, and it's not that we hate Jake Rudock. By, by all means, we want to see him do well. We want to see every Lion do well. But there is a reality. How do I put this? It, it's not even that. It's just dealing with certain people. We had, we had some training with this. So before Jake Rudock, the third-string quarterback for the Lions, was Kellen Moore, who was with the Dallas Cowboys, oh. and he's on IR now. But he was yeah. We had Kellen to, Moore was like we had to watch him week sixteen. On. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. There's, there's he, a guy he was, here. He was a, like that too for Kellen Moore. People yeah, he, call and troll about is, it. He is from Kellen Moore. Used to be have a college career at Boise State. Yep. He was yep. their like most winning quarterback there, and everything. And for a long time, you just have people saying, just give Kellen Moore a chance. He's a winner guy. All he has done is win in his career. And it's like every chance he got, he just looked awful. And everyone just kept saying this. They just ignored that reality and kept plowing on. Jake Rudock is the same person, except instead of from Boise State, he's from the University of Michigan. Our own damn backyard. And Michigan fans... With him, got a 10-win season out of the blue when Jim Harbaugh came to town, and they all transferred that to Jake Rudock. And it's like, hey, look, he went in the same round as Tom Brady. He's out of the same university as Tom Brady. And it's, there, there's so much magical thinking going on with Jake Rudock. And by the way, this is all for a backup quarterback position. This isn't about, but as you know, I point out in the uh, podcast, it's like, if you're making this argument about whether or not the backup quarterback needs to be Jake Rudock, you're eventually going to make the argument that Jake Rudock should start it for Matt Stafford. And that's insane. People, it, it sounds like the, the the Detroit fans are a lot like us over here. Yeah, no, you, you're you, bizarre you, world Bills fans all yeah, day. Yeah, like for real. We get guys, <laughs> we get guys. I mean, I, I, I've been, I've been bad-mouthing them a little bit. Like, I, I love Detroit Lions fans. That's why I am a Detroit Lions fan. I have fun at the games. I really do, and I love being a Detroit you, Lions you do, fan. But, but how are uneducated portions. are these people, though? That's the problem. Yeah, like, like but, you paid good money yeah, for yeah. these seats, and you don't know what the fuck you were talking about. It's <laughs> like, what are you doing? Then you call into the radio stations. Yeah. I've been a season ticket holder for 50 years, and then it's like, hey, fuckface, they went 15 seasons without making the playoffs, and you want to call into a radio station not knowing who so-and-so is at the right tackle that you oh, want to yeah, bitch yeah, about? Yeah, yeah, that's, that's, that's 97.1 for us here in Detroit. It is, a, uh, it is a station that takes some of the more eclectic callers out there, to say the least. And you know what? It, it kind of has its own market. You just kind of gaze at it for a while, but... You know, between them and the hosts there, it just it kind of promotes these just really terrifying opinions that it's kind of like, if you are a Lions fan, all you can really do is laugh at them because otherwise trying to argue with them just leads you down a very dark hole. Yeah, you can't. It, it, it's a lose-lose situation because the team can make a, a really smart move, and it's like, you know, these guys aren't paid just to you know, shit in their hand and throw it at the wall. Okay. These guys are paid yeah. to to do this. And I and I understand, you know, we've gone through some dark days of drafts after drafts. And I know that you guys definitely have too with six receivers or something crazy or whatever you guys yeah, did. And yeah. you finally hit on Calvin. Sometimes these front offices sometimes these front offices do deserve criticism, but right. again, like I don't think you know, our guys got, do it, it's as much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. But I mean it just it's it's something I think every NFL fan base needs to deal with. So I'm sure like we could probably go to Tampa Bay's call in lines. We'd find probably the same thing, but it's the it's the flavors we have in our town. And again, like I love being a Lions fan. I wouldn't trade it for any other team out there really. It's not like my and you know, I feel grateful I still have a team. I'm like my dad who grew up as a uh St. Louis Cardinals fan and stopped being an NFL fan when they moved to uh, Arizona. Like at least I have a team for God's sake. No, no, but, same, um, same here. We could have, we could have lost our team, and the Pagulas oh, come in and they put those, money into the city. And talk about moving it to Toronto. Give me a break. Oh my god, we would go to the, the Toronto games, and or I went to one Toronto game. The one time they actually won, and um, it was like the like the playing surface looked like absolute dog shit. I was surrounded by more Washington fans than I was Bills fans, and. 
it, it, there was no tailgating to be found. It, it was such a stale, fake experience. And the real fans of the Bills in Canada say, we want to go to the Rolf. We want to go to the Rolf. And there's actually a bigger season ticket percentage. It's called uh, New Era Field now, jackass. Sorry, fuckface. <laughs> so it, it's, uh, you know, it, yeah, it's it gets a little bit ridiculous and in the fans sometimes yeah. it's like people can just stop with their dog shit attitude let's really look at everything objectively so i want to touch on another thing real quick sure, sure. we acquired reggie bush and now me um i'm actually like pretty stoked because here's why is it seems like we use a term that we need a guy to have the darren sproles Role. Well, Darren Sproles took the Reggie Bush role in New Orleans. And and I'm not saying Reggie Bush is great, so I don't think I'm getting there. But what I am saying is him getting injured and he did he told he said for his MCL he did not have it cut all the way through. It was just a tear that they repaired. He didn't have anything added, nothing removed, and the spot duty that he will be using, because we had CJ Spiller. We know what a guy looks like when he has the same tools as Reggie Bush, but cannot read a defense, cannot read his own offense. For you know what I'm saying, so like he just right. And, and with Reggie Bush, just your honest assessment. Um, and, and on a side note, I was really high on Joyke Bell the same year that C.J. Spiller came out. He was an undrafted free agent with the Bills, and yeah, I actually like Joyke Bell. Well, we're all kind of mourning his loss over here a little bit at Pride of Detroit because Joyke Bell was, is a um, he is a hometown kid. He went to Division II Wayne State University, which is actually in like the like in Detroit itself. It's not out in Ann Arbor or East Lansing like Michigan State or Michigan. It, he he was actually from Detroit itself, so we were all he was like you know when he broke out, we were all really excited about him. But you know, it's just kind of the way that thing goes. Um, Reggie Bush. I was really like, I know his past, you know, I, I think I said before, I'm a Notre Dame fan. I know what he did at USC and, you know, he looked okay throughout most of the NFL, but with the Lions, I wasn't really like, I was excited when he came in, but he really didn't really do that. I mean, I'm looking at, so like, let's see, he did, he had what, 1300 yards over two years and um, had about 750 receiving yards. Like it's all right, but it's 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 hard to talk about the Detroit Lions run game because we really haven't had a run game. We haven't had one since Barry Sanders, really. Like every time it gets to it, like Amir Abdullah is very highly touted. I like Amir Abdullah, but it's like he doesn't really get too much on the ground. And like, yeah, Reggie Bush was productive, but it wasn't really productive enough to what you really want out of a quarter uh, out he, of a running he, he, back. He's he's like Darren Sproles to me. He's just a guy that. You could use him in many different ways, and same with C.J. Spiller. When he's on the field, you got to know where he is because if he gets the ball in space, it's over. Yeah, it's you're screwed. Like, you, you know, so it, it's one thing I want to know is I'm going to sound so arrogant because I just don't know or ignorant. I just don't know. How come Joyke Bell just never got the number one, or I don't know, maybe he did, like, how come he just wasn't, here's the rock, do your thing? Because he always seems to get better. And if you look at his stats to Spiller, it's like he doesn't have a super high average, um, Joyke Bell, but it's amazing he's had a career this long as an undrafted kid. I mean, how well, come he never got the starting the thing. Yeah, that's kind of the thing. He only really had, like, what, one uh, one good year, really, two good two good years. Like his last year was not that great. He was averaging, I think, um, let's see here. Running rushing yard, rushing yards for attempts. He was only, he, he, even in his good years, he was only averaging on, he was averaging 3.9. Yeah. As for, I said, like, just under four. Yeah. Yeah. But then it dipped to like 3.5 in 2015. His yards dropped significantly because, and you know, granted they were also doing a running back by committee. They had Amir Abdullah, at that point, they had Joyke Bell. They had um, Theo Riddick, who can't really run the ball out of the backfield, but he's a great receiving running back. Right. I think he almost. He, I think he led the league for like re- reception yards for a running back um, wow. last year. 
or was like second or something. I can't remember off the top of my head. I'm usually not good about retaining this knowledge. But now, is that your offensive line, or is it like, is it Joy the offensive line? The offensive line is, okay, I'll give you a tip, because you're not going to see too many of these starters, but I'm pretty sure the, the oldest starter on the offensive line is Larry Warford, who is 27. Let me make sure that's right. It's either Larry Warford, Larry, I can never say his name right, Jesus God. It's either Larry Warford or I did it again. I did it again. I, I'm going to com- continue to spit this out. It's either Larry Warford or it's um, or it's Riley Reef. Uh, it's one of these two. Google is being incredibly slow for me. This is not good. I'm supposed to know these things. I'm supposed to be an expert. Why are you not loading? Yeah, Riley yeah, Reef sounds Warford, very familiar. I think Riley Reef's 27. I know one of the, it's it's one of those two. Larry Warford's 25, but it's a young line. But either way, like it's a young line, and it's just running backs like Joyke Bell. Joyke Bell was mostly used just punch right at the middle. Mm-hmm. He's not really shifty enough to really like get out there to the edge or anything like that. He's just he's just a power back. And you know what? We kind of had a little bit of use for that. Yeah, Riley Reef's the oldest one in that line. He's 27, by the way. Sorry okay. to go off on a tangent. But, yeah, Joyke Bell is like, he also got hurt. I'm trying to remember what his injury was, but he, he got hurt. And that combined with low productivity and just, you know, trying to build a, a core of running back by committee. They, they've tried other people to be that power back, and they haven't found it. But, you know, they just wanted to move on from Joyke Bell, I guess. But, you would think you know, they'd am, figure I'm that curious. position out by now. You know what I mean? It's like you would think that you would think that, but this has been a team that has been like for years and years and years, always in the bottom of the league when it comes to just running efficiency. Like I look at football outsiders all the time at their DVOA, and the numbers for the run game are always near like the bottom five in the league. We just don't do it that much. We just kind of let Matt Stafford do his thing. I oh man I, I'm I, I like so many players on on the Lions and uh, over the years and I gotta say your tight end position from listening to your podcast which congratulations on uh, podcast fifty by the way that's it's actually I think like our fifty fifth episode we've oh, done a bunch of interviews and like I'm some sorry. other stuff but it's like no 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 it's our main podcast and that one gets to be number fifty well so no thank right you thank somewhere. you it's uh, so you know, I just podcasting. I mean, I love writing. I love doing a lot of it, but podcasting has always been a, uh, a passion of mine. I'm glad we could get it up to almost a full year. And it's like, you know what? I, I hope I hope more podcasts pick up. I hope you guys do well too. I want all ships to rise. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, yeah, likewise, this is, num- this is number seventy four for us. Yeah, we're pretty. We're oh, pretty nice. psyched. Congratulations! Thank you. It's been a it's yeah. been a long road. Um, I want to ask you about a guy us Bills fans have found very interesting. Sure. The Bills a couple years ago gave away two two first-round picks for Sammy Watkins. All we hear is this bullshit. Oh, Sammy Watkins, oh, he's got to live up to that. No, Sammy Watkins did not choose to give away first-round picks for himself, okay? All everybody was saying, sources on sources, Eric Ebron, you said your tight end position is a mess, and you want to talk fantasy football, I used to pick up Brandon Pettigrew. I really liked Brandon Pettigrew, and I was actually hoping that he would sign with the Bills at some point um, a few years ago. So um, you also caught Matthew Mulligan. We had here, him here, supposedly the right, yeah, strongest tight end ever. Did, but. You kind of did the build-up there. Like Before we moved up for Sammy Watkins, 9 out of 10 draft experts were like, Ebron to Buffalo, Eric Ebron going to Buffalo. <laughs> you know, and it made, it made well, a ton of sense what, at the time, but that, it, it didn't play out that's that way. Funny, that's funny for a lot of reasons. I'm going to tell you why. You talk to any Lions fan who is a draftnik or just kind of obsessed with the draft, and a lot of them will look at Eric Ebron with a little bit of regret because everyone wanted Aaron Donald. Everyone wanted Aaron Donald, you know, uh, who's with the Rams right now. What, what, and just like he, he's been, a, he's like a fantastic defensive player, and everyone wanted him. And instead, they got a tight end, and people just kind of lost their mind about it. And Eric Ebron's been under a lot of pressure from fans almost since he came here because it is always the specter of Aaron Donald. It's always the specter of we could have had Aaron Donald. You listen to some people, it's like the Lions had picked, like, uh, I'm a Pistons fan. I don't know if his name will resonate with you, but do you remember uh, Milosic Darko at all? Yeah. Yep. 
yeah, Darko Milicic is like, you know, it's like talking with Pistons fans about the, the fact that Pistons drafted Darko. I don't think it's that bad. Eric Ebron's good. I like Eric Ebron. I think his injury right now, if, if you're a Lions fan and you're seeing the tight end position without Eric Ebron, if you're not missing Eric Ebron, something's wrong with you because it is really, really bad. And Eric Ebron, like, looked really good. They put in this new offensive system with Jim Bob Cooter, uh, the new offensive coordinator who got promoted from a quarterback's coach after they shit-canned uh, Joe Lombardi. Yep. Um, like, Eric Ebron's done a lot better. It looks like he's worked on the uh, his, his drops a little bit. He looks really good in training camp right up into his, uh, until his injury, which we still know what was. But, you know, you talk to anyone about it, though, and no matter if something – if Eric Ebron does anything other than catch the ball, people just start ripping into him. It was a very, very weird scenario. Once again, we're talking about fringe fans here. We're not talking about, I'm not going to try to please who is and isn't a real fan, but I'm just saying these are the, these are the same fans I was talking about earlier who are kind of a little damaged there, who at the sight of seeing Eric Ebron injured demanded that he be cut. And then Eric Ebron, I mean, because who was it? Ian Rathport put out a bad thing that, a bad report that said he had torn his Achilles. He had not. He had not done anything with his Achilles. And we don't. We still don't even know the full report on Eric Ebron. It's kind of day to day. But then instead, it comes out that Eric. That's not the case with Ebron. And he's like, kind of like holding a phone up and kind of dancing in a car and like buying a Bentley that same day. And then people are ripping into him because it's like you're not treating this seriously. And it's like, okay, well, like guy can't win doing it. But I love Eric Ebron. You know, North Carolina guy. I love him. He, he's he's a, he's a good receiving threat. He was looking to have a really big role with this Lions offense. He's just gone down. And without Eric Ebron, Brennan Pettigrew on the pup, and then it's kind of hell after that. It's really hell after that. <laughs> You'll probably see a lot of Cole Wick in this Bills-Lions game, who is looking to be the number one tight end right now until Ebron can come back, which is horrifying. Why aren't, they, ad- why aren't they addressing this? I mean, I don't know what's out there, but it, 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 I don't, I'm don't. i pretty sure uh, you would agree with this. We have this guy named Charles Clay in our roster as our number one. Now, Charles Clay was acquired mm-hmm. through uh, some little loophole and yeah. um, a transitional tag, not a franchise tag. I think it was a transitional tag. And the Bills essentially told them, all right, we're going to try to get you for this amount, and if you agree to it, your team has to match it, and they can keep you essentially, right? So um, the team has to match it or it goes. So they, the Dolphins didn't match it, and everybody just looks at the receiving number, and it's like a complete tight end. It's so hard to find, I think, in the NFL. A guy really who, who who can actually be willing to block, not shy away from it, want to fuck somebody up, and at the same time, want to seem like they're going to fuck him up or fuck him up right off the bat and run by him. You know what I'm saying? Like, Yeah, it's, it's hard to find that. And Cole Wick is a good receiving threat, but he can't block to save his life. And it was the opposite with Matthew Mulligan before they cut him. It's like it gets really predictable on which one's out in the field, what's going to happen. Now, the Lions, to their credit, they've tried to address it, but it's just I just don't know if it's a good market or it's like you said, there's just not many good t- serviceable tight ends out there that can do both sides of the game now because – here, here's, here's the tight ends that are on the list, not named Eric Ebron right now. Orson Charles, Cole Wick, Adam Feeney, and then this is probably their biggest acquisition to try to address this issue with Andrew Corliss. Andrew Corliss that name was sounds the backup. Familiar. He was the backup tight end in Green Bay, and he was actually a little productive. The problem is, is that he's serving a two-game suspension to start the year because of a, of a gun violence charge he had in uh, he got he picked up in South Florida where the report reads that he basically fired his gun into the air to try to prove his masculinity to a car full of women or something. I'm not making this up. He it's can't on, just say he's in the as... NFL and I'm built like a brick shit house and like <laughs> yo, you want to come over? Well, as long it's as so Florida though. <laughs> it is well. It's it's also Florida in that he tried to hide the gun and it was blatantly obvious where he hid it. Like it it was hidden behind this like less than a foot high rubber uh, retainer for a, for a garden area. Has he ever I, heard it, of it, a it swamp? On, you, 
Yeah, well, it's it's on Wikipedia on his page as the quote macho gun incident, which is all you need. If you want to read it there, you you can read all about it right there. And the NFL suspended him for two games for it. The problem was is that when they acquired him during the draft, I mean, they acquired him, but it also brought up the fact that new general manager, rookie general manager Bob Quinn, fresh from the Patriots. Oh man, I love this. Had said during the draft, it's like we don't want guys with stuff like gun violence charges in here. We don't want guys with character issues. And then what happens, uh, like, you know, four months later, he goes out and gets a guy who's, who's, has a gun vi- who has a gun charge to his rap sheet. It's like, okay, oh, it, it just it invited criticism and invited him to get roasted, and poor coach Jim Caldwell had to go out there and kind of eat it a little bit in front of the uh, – media in front of the press talking to him during the press because Bob Quinn wasn't addressing them. So, like, there's that. That's probably the best tight end right now who's not Eric Ebron. But, again, he's not going to be able to start until game three. And he's only see- he only saw nine snaps in preseason game three. So I don't know, I don't know what's, what's going on with him. Like, I, but I can't, I can't believe that it's going to be Cole Vick to start it. If it is, the tight end position is just really bad. And it's, it's, it's bad because the whole offensive line, as I'm talking about, it's very young. It's, it's really adjusting. Taylor Decker has been beaten around the edge a few times. I think there's promise in the offensive line, but right now it's like there's not a lot of good protection, and the tight end is ostensibly part of that line. Yeah, it's a catching role. I mean, it's a, recept- it's a receiving offensive skill role, but you also, as you say, have to be able to block. And, you know, Matt Stafford needs all the protection he can get right now with this very young, very inexperienced offensive line. What about Tim Tebow? Stop. Oh, God. Stop. <laughs> he, can, he can have fun. He's he can got, have fun God in God uh, and Jesus and Stafford yeah, he's won't got break. Base, he's got baseball, though. He'll be fine. He'll be fine. Yeah, send him down to the Braves. I don't care. So, all right, I, I got to dig into this. All right. And you yeah. could you could sprinkle in your thoughts on uh, Caldwell with this. Look it. You want to lay this on with this wow. whole Jim Schwartz bullshit we got going on with these fucking Bills fans? Oh, man. <laughs> like, All right. If you can talk I, with my I, tone I, and my I, voice. Can, can I demand an apology from you guys with him? He got carried off the field that one year. No, that was pretty sweet, was man. We were going through a lot. All right. <laughs> I, I hate him. No. Like, that was after a year where this team went to hell and he was going off the field and we're just sitting there with our hands in our head. It's like this, this. This, I can't say it. I'm going. To, I want to say an Italian curse word, but my grandmother would look very disapproving on me if I did it. <laughs> hey, I'm Italian, oh 100, and I'm going to be offended because oh. I need a team to be on. So don't you dare! I can't even believe you <laughs> thought of that. So just stop, okay? Because I'm just going to take pasta and shove it down my face and kill myself because I ate too much because you hurt my Italian feelings. <laughs> oh God! The entire the, so, yeah. My last name is ball. French. My family, my 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 last name's French. My family though is Italian, and the one joke on the part of the Detroit staff is that um, they send me pictures of ragu pasta sauce, and I just look at them with such utter disgust because I just absolutely hate it. You're like, yeah, so my whole my family pasta. makes their own sauce, including my sister who's yeah, seven exactly. years old. Like, She's I got make, a nice I make, one. I spend all day to make. An amazing vodka sauce, my family, and you guys are showing pictures of ragu in my. Can you? Hey, I'll tell you what. I'll get some sauce from my grandma and jar and send it to you if you send me some of yours. Some of that vodka sauce, sure. Yeah, if you 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 come up to Buffalo sometime, we could try make different pastas or something. I'm up for it. Yo, we actually actually got a really good. hmm? Yeah, the Numbills fan cook off. I could do that. I, I'm kind of like the tailgate king around here for Pride of Detroit, too. I'm actually dropping next week my uh, drink recipe for what is blue Honolulu Blue Kool-Aid 2.0 really? for the season as well. If you ever sell yeah, it, yeah, you know I, you need a sponsor. We have the Doug Marone drinking <laughs> game. Anytime we bring up Doug it, Marone, not, people got to drink, you know? <laughs> drink. Yeah, hey, drinking it. games are great. Drinking games are great. I mean, we had one for a long time with the Detroit Lions here in town. And, uh, you know, if we keep getting Chris Spielman on these broadcasts, we're going to have to start making a Chris Spielman drinking game because uh, I, I don't know if you guys have been able to watch a Fox game with Chris Spielman on it. Probably not. You guys are AFC, so you'd get a lot of uh, CBS guys. But Chris Spielman, former Lion, has been on these Fox broadcasts, and he is um, 
he's out there. He actually growled during preseason game one on, on, on national, on national television. I'm not kidding. He was talking about like, Hey, I can always tell when there's a, like a play action coming because the linemen would all be like this. <laughs> but when it was a run play, they're all dead silent. <laughs> so like, this is a guy who like a guy was taken off because of a concussion. And he's like, yeah, just go back in there and get some smelling salt. He is, too much football, Chris Spielman. He's been in the hit in the head a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So anytime something goes wrong with the defense, the Bills should have kept Jim Schwartz. The Bills should have kept Jim Schwartz. And now for me, as an outsider, and you can correct me, as an outsider, um, we were talking on Facebook Live earlier. Somebody asked what we think about Rex Ryan. Now, we love to hate Rex Ryan before he was here. Now that he's on our team, it's like, hell yeah. Before, I was like, ah, Jim Schwartz, you fucking weenie. Yeah, wow, Jim Schwartz. But, hey, his defense was dope. And now I'm kind of thinking, like, all right, well, Jim Schwartz, that team went 0-16, and he took them to the playoffs, and I count the math of 16 years no playoffs with the Bills, and it's like the Bills haven't nosedived hard enough, and they won just enough where they kind of fuck themselves on where to get picks, et cetera, et cetera. What is your overall Jim Schwartz, you know, if you want to sum it up in like a minute, top to bottom, did he get a raw deal? Because I look at it like longevity, continuity. That's what I want with Rex Ryan. I want him here for five years. As long as we look like we're going up, I just want to get guys here who want to play for their head coach. And Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, let me tell you this because I am familiar quite a little bit with Rex Ryan. And... um Rex Ryan and Jim Schwartz are very similar, yet very dissimilar coaches, right? They both come from a very defensive-heavy background. And ostensibly, for a long time in Detroit, as much as they had a really good offense that got them to 2011, Stafford breaking out really big, it was mostly a team that prided itself on its defense, albeit kind of a a reputation for a dirty defense. Rex Ryan, as well, you know, what was the hallmark of all those Rex Ryan teams in New York? It was their defense. He was a defensive-minded coach, and so was Jim Schwartz. He keeps getting defensive coordinator jobs because of this. Where they're dissimilar is their attitudes. And Rex Ryan, Rex Ryan is fun to be around. Rex Ryan, you know what? You might not win a bunch of games with him, but he, he's, he's got a joke. He will fight you every now and then, kind of like he's doing with the Jets, but he, he is a, uh, he, he's a likable guy. He is a guy who's got an upbeat persona, even though he is coaching in a very depressing job out there, which is NFL head coach, which is like, unless you are a psychopath, you are just doomed for like dealing with failure every week. Jim Schwartz, on the other hand, is, is famous because he drop-kicked his playbook a bunch of times. Yeah, like, why Jim Schwartz is angry. That? Jim Schwartz is angry. He is angry all the time. He is furious a lot. Maybe that's a little unfair. Maybe he in 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 in, in private he's a nice guy, but like just on the field and during pressers, he's just he's he, he he's got a he's got a temper to him. So I guess that's the question. It's like you I think you guys would have gotten the same coach either way between Schwartz or Rex Ryan. It's just a matter of would you like the screamy coach, which I'm sure appeals to some football fans, or would you like the coach that has uh, very interesting tattoos and apparently has a feet a foot fetish? And what's funny is he, Yo, he foot fetish all day. It, 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 <laughs> I, I love Rex because he's the first guy. I mean, we talked uh, when we first called you up before we started recording about guys who just you know like uh, or actually no, we talked about it earlier. About Cardale Jones, how how we just like guys who just they're themselves, and it, it's like yeah, the, the, it's the, so NFL hard in the NFL is so uptight. The NFL is so uptight. They, the NFL just because it's not good for their business, it's not good for their brand. This is a brand that attaches itself to the hip to the military every chance it gets. It's like this brand wants to beat everything interesting out of someone when they come into the league. So like, it's like yeah, old, no, it's when you like get a guy like Congress. Rex Ryan, you hold on to that. Yeah, yeah, and you know what? I think I think Rex Ryan at least like I mean he got rid of uh, his brother. Was Rob Ryan with you guys last year? I always forget those. No, he's with us this year. He yeah. brought him in. Oh, oh, my condolences, Ben. Oh, <laughs> come on! He, yeah. brought, he brought Ed Reed though too. He brought Ed Reed as assistant defensive backs coach. That's kind of yeah, cool. yeah. Well, well, I mean, I, 
hey, you know what? I, 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 I'm rooting for you guys. I'm rooting for every downtrodden team. I especially root for the Cat teams in oh, the yeah. NFL, which are usually downtrodden. Like, I'm really excited to see the Jaguars this year and everything. And but, you know, it's if if the, if the Ryan brothers make a great, great story in uh, Buffalo, I'll be thrilled for it. I'm just, uh, but yeah, back to Jim Schwartz. Like, yeah, I, I don't think I think if people want Jim Schwartz that bad, like. I don't know. I think you guys have the same coach on a basic level with Rex Ryan, so I would not worry about losing Jim. You have a that defensive much. mastermind in, in Rex Ryan, no matter what people want to say. Yes. You yes. have a guy where his system, I believe, failed because he admitted, hey, I tried to mix in plays that Mario Williams and all these other guys would like, and they didn't want to listen when we said do whatever. Because to, to, to give you a little insight, a couple of keys that, that come out to me is Rex Ryan during press conferences. He goes, look, we know these guys are looking to get rid of the ball in less than two seconds. And I'll probably wrap on this point to you. Um, essentially, he goes, where are these guys going to throw the ball if they have nowhere to throw it? And I right, think that's yeah, something like, that you know, is evolving right now. Right, right. And, you know, to his credit, you know, he uh, Jim Schwartz walks into Detroit. You know, the team just drafts Matthew Stafford as their quarterback of the future. They've had they've had uh, uh, Calvin Johnson. Yeah, they've had Calvin Johnson from the year before. So they're already set on on offense between those two. Like, they, they were already good and set there. So, you know... It's not like Rex Ryan walked in there in those same circumstances. No, into people were Buffalo. thinking you know Castle was going to start. Yeah, they thought Castle was going to start. And I'm yeah, like, get the yeah. f- get, get, no, he's not. Let's see yeah, Castle that, in third kind of and long. Jim Schwartz. I, yeah. I, I think it'd be a completely different picture if Jim Schwartz walked into Detroit without Matt Stafford and Calvin Johnson. I, I absolutely believe that because, you know, those two on their own generated a whole a whole atmosphere of offense that I don't think. Jim Schwartz can really take that much credit for, but you know what? <clears throat> I also would say that it's probably the right move for Rex anyway, because I don't think any Lions coach since God, you'd have to go back to the fifties to find a Lions coach that coached in Detroit, had a head coaching gig in Detroit, and then went on to have a head coaching gig somewhere else. Other than like one guy who was like an interim coach. But like, if you take that head coaching gig to start the year, you are not going to get a job anywhere else in the NFL. It is like a black mark on you for some ungodly reason. So Jim Schwartz is probably the closest I've seen to someone who might have another head coaching gig in him because he's been able to rehabilitate himself as a uh, a defensive coordinator. But like, yeah, no, I think you guys are fine. I think you guys. I don't think it would have made much of a difference between Jim Schwartz and Rex Ryan, other than just how he would be, how you would have to deal with him. Rex on Ryan, Rex Ryan brings so many more toys to the table. Yeah. All right. So Bills fans, you heard it. <laughs> That's there. a good way to put it. Bills fans, you heard it there. <laughs> more from, toys. From more a toys. Ryan's expert, Jim Schwartz, Rex Ryan, you're getting, you're getting the same deal. They, they yeah. Yeah. Like I just, I, I just, I don't see. And again, maybe I'm bitter because like, you know, the Lions kind of peaked in 2011 with him and then just went downhill from there. But there was nothing – there's nothing in Jim Schwartz that's like, okay, you must get this guy as a coach. I'm sorry. It's it's just what I feel about it. All right, man. Well, we're we're going to wrap up here. Um, one more thing before we, before we let you off the line here. Who you like on sure. Dancing with the Stars this season? I'm just kidding. Sorry, what was that? <laughs> I said, who do you like on Dancing with the Stars this season? Oh, God. Oh, God. Yeah, for those who don't know, Calvin Johnson's going to be on Dancing with the Stars. I think the only person that said who's going to do well out of the Lions locker room was Jim Caldwell. Everyone else said he's going to tank it. <laughs> so <laughs> we, we, we've, been, we've been very cautious about this. We have a lot of interesting tastes among the Pride Detroit writers. About 80% of us are all wrestling fans except for our managing editor who cannot stand it when we start talking about Monday Night Raw or about Lucha Underground. <laughs> and then we have, like, everyone on the staff except for me watches Mr. Robot. And then uh, a lot of us are also basketball fans, a lot of Pistons fans. Like, we have diverse tastes. I don't know if anyone's really stepped up to the plate and said, yeah, I want to do Dancing with the Stars. Maybe Jeremy might do that. I think Jeremy wants to do a one-off podcast and blog entry about Dancing with the Stars. And you know what? If he wants to do that, good for him. 
I ain't watching that. I ain't watching that. I ain't going <laughs> to care about that. And you know what? I've seen, you know what? I've seen too much. I, I, I don't want to get into that. And I've already seen some weird fans, once again, doing weird takes about Dancing with the Stars and about, like, why can Calvin Johnson dance but not play football? And I don't want to even start there. So no, let's just leave it there. Let's just say, let's just say his, his, his teammates aren't real, his former teammates aren't giving him a lot of support. All right, Chris, thanks so much, man. Uh, one more time, remind our listeners where they can find you online. Okay. So for myself personally, you can find me on Twitter at Detroit Southern. Uh, I don't recommend it unless you really like uh, weird political takes, irony, silly things, and usually me not talking about football. Like I picked up about 20 followers from training camp, and I feel genuinely sorry for all of them because I just don't talk about football that much. But <laughs> FridayDetroit.com, at Friday Detroit on Twitter. You can find our podcast on, just by searching Pride of Detroit on iTunes and Stitcher, but it's mostly at PrideofDetroit.com is where you can find all our stuff. We're SB Nation, and we're pretty damn awesome, if I say so myself. Well, I, I tend to agree. Uh, once again, that's Chris Lemieux from the Pride of Detroit. Thanks so much for coming on. Um, it was super short notice, but we had a blast. Yeah, you finally made this fourth preseason game interesting. Thank you again, Chris. <laughs> Hey, you know what? We're going to be doing this again next year, so just keep me on speed dial. I'll come back on gladly. If anything interesting happens between players, I mean, feel free. We'll keep in touch. Yeah, so. hey, hey. yeah, yeah, brothers across that Ontario land bridge. That's I guess. right, and we'll send each other some doom records. Again, check out Blazaro and Oro Druin, and you know, I'll yeah, put on my sure. Black we'll talk about this, again. and I'll also get you that. Uh, also get you that vodka sauce. So I know if it can survive the uh, the trip. <laughs> right. can be a little. Uh, yeah, just, just get right. that Thanks bubble lot, wrap guys. that we're putting the players in. See if Detroit can <laughs> lend you some. But uh, thanks yeah, again, the balls, Chris. The balls, the rolly balls. Yeah, exactly. All right, guys, take care. See it. All right. So again, that was Chris Lemieux from prideofdetroit.com. Make sure you check out his podcast and his uh, Lions blog. A lot of good stuff there. Make sure you check out our website, numbillsfan.com. You can follow both of us on Twitter. I'm Numbills Adam D. Dave, he, I, he operates off our main account. Pretty much. Sometimes Deacon will accidentally tweet. Yeah, I'll me. accidentally get in there and not realize I'm still in there. And but we're brothers to the end, so he'll, he'll cover me tweeting some info out there. But really, again, don't forget, we cannot be more proud and we feel like we hit the lottery having, you know, podcasters that we love want to pick us up and punch drunk sports.com so look for us to be up there soon and we'll also be coming up on soundcloud as well yep and uh we'll be back after this lions game to give you a uh kind of a general wrap-up of the preseason and what to expect going into the regular season and uh don't forget 7 p.m wednesdays yeah, we are seven, facebook live seven o'clock every wednesday we're on facebook book live with bill's fanatics network Make sure you check that out. We did an episode earlier. It was a banger. Go watch it. I'll send you the link. We talked all the roster cuts, all the information you think is missing here. And Little frankly, position battles, this and that. And B- Bills Fanatics also has their own podcast feed, too, where they take the Facebook lives and put it in the audio form. And what we try to do with, with these is we try to have a flowing conversation on there as well to kill two birds with one stone. So it flows well, but you get to interact. But since we're so awesome, we're awesome at interacting. So awesome, awesome, awesome. NumbillsFan.com. See you. Stay numb.